0: Liberty Lockdown, please scan your barcode. Your liberty ain't gone, but yeah, it's on hold. Where did it come from and where did it go? It requires a fight, not tweeting from your phone. Don't need a king, get him off the fucking throne. If you're riding with the thought, you've always got a home. The virus is scared of, will come and it'll go. The government knows this, don't get treated like a hoe.
1: Before we get into today's show with Jessica Vaughn, and it is a banger, Let me tell you about the company that is bringing you this episode. If you run an online store using Shopify, you've got to check out this app called Bad Customer. Here's the thing. Only 29% of credit card fraud comes from stolen cards. The rest, that means 71%, is committed by the actual cardholder scumbags that they are. They buy something, you ship it, and then they call their bank and whine like a little bitch that they didn't get it so the bank gives them their money back even though you send them what they ordered. The bank doesn't care about you, the seller. They only care about their customer. And they don't view you as their customer, sadly. So what the Bad Customer app does is collect all of that chargeback data from millions of transactions. When someone places an order on your site, it tags it and warns you if that person or their address has a history of charging back their purchases so you can decide whether or not you want to risk shipping that order. And the best part of all, it's completely free. Head to the Shopify app store and search for Bad Customer or visit badcustomer.org to learn more. Welcome everybody to another special episode of Liberty Lockdown. Got a great guest with me today, a lady I've been looking forward to talking to for a long time. She's a writer, a model, a photographer, former Playboy playmate. Jessica Vaughn is with me. Thank you for coming on.
2: Absolutely. Thanks for having me.
1: Absolutely. Uh, So uh, first question I had for you is because I saw what what actually brought you on my radar was uh, contrary to, you know, what people will probably think is that I knew you from Playboy. I actually found out about you because of the article where you were, um, I guess, critical of putting a man on the cover of Playboy. So I, w- I wanted to find out why, why are these companies going woke? Is there, is there a profit to it in your, in your experience? Is it simply that you can't get funding for enterprises anymore if you don't share kind of the social justice uh, worldview? Or is it simply a product of companies that are, in fact, dying and they're trying to stay afloat? What do you think it is?
2: Um, well, it obviously every company is going to be uh, managed and operated differently. And it, it depends where they are, um, uh, you know, their vision for what's coming for them and where they fit into the culture. But the culture has, has fractionalized in, in two, at least in America, it's on, seems to be two mm-hmm. um, at Playboy specifically. Um, as you know, you, you read my thoughts about that Um And it's hard. It's hard because I love Playboy. I'm so grateful for the opportunities that they have afforded me and everything that um, I was able to build from from that place. So I really am not a person that's critical of Playboy and how they want to run their company. I mean, what do I know about running a huge international brand? I mean, uh, so um, but as far as uh, eroding away classic femininity, like that hurts my feelings as somebody that, you know, (laughs) earned that. Mm-hmm. um space in the magazine um i'm actually uh i remember when um brett it was brett Manrock that was in the bunny suit um i remember when he was brand new i thought he was a funny entertainer does beauty blogging and stuff i've nothing against him or, or him being gay or anything like that i mean that's 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 absurd right. um i i just think that um it was a betrayal of the brand in the way that uh, you know I met Hef, but I didn't know him, but I don't think that is something that he would have done when he was alive. I mean, there was lots of opportunity to do that. Um, I try not to take any of it too seriously. It's just a photo. Um, But, but you know, the, the bunny suit is iconic. So it hurt my feelings a little bit. Yeah. Doesn't say great things for where we're trending in my opinion.
1: No, Um, I agree. I mean, it, this, it's a, you know, like you said, it's, it's not a big deal. It's, it's a single, it's a single cover to a single magazine. But then when you, you look at it, you take a, a more global view or you look at it in the aggregate and you're like, okay, well now every movie is essentially cast based off of some sort of social justice criteria prior to, you know, even considering the caliber of the actors or, you know, what might sell it. It's uh, you also have Gillette that was doing these toxic masculinity ads when like your entire uh, target market is men and masculinity and shaving so it's uh, the, all of these things combined it just seems as if these businesses are no longer looking at the bottom line and and for me that's a fascinating development as someone who's who has a, a business background um, ran a big company and it's like I don't understand what's happening it doesn't it doesn't seem to me to be lucrative to demean or uh, you know I don't know demonize the uh, mm-hmm. your your abandon
2: tradition. abandon half of the culture right
1: yeah it's it's just fascinating to me um so do you think that i mean it, it seems as it's pretty evident that it's intentional um do you think that this persists
2: well i yeah, i am from the tv a long time ago Even before, I call it the war, but when I say before or after the war, I just mean uh, pre-pandemic and post-pandemic since we're Mm -hmm. measuring time in these ways. So even uh, before the war, I had unplugged from the television, and I think that that uh, detox period primed me to be able to see this assault on truth for what it was when uh, the time came, when the war began. Um, And I, I just... It seems I don't want to use the word sinister, but it's suspect. It's suspect that they're fine alienating um, a group, an entire group of people. That yes, our money spends, but they we're we're kind of captured in a way that until we build a parallel economy, that's not going to um, at least st- as long as they stay neutral, they don't have to reinforce my values. They don't have to market with my values forward in their ad work for me to care. They just have to not attack me and my belief systems or um, just in general, disparage America. I mean, that's kind of, uh, doesn't make me wanna give you my money, but if they know, it is one of those um, corporate alignment issues. It just does seem like they're in on some sort of insight that they know that they're not gonna suffer financially. I mean, cause people on the right, we're not really people. It's still weird for me to say that cause it's so new for me to even have right of center positions. Um, but the Overton window moves so much, like what? Where I don't fit anywhere else, other than on the right, I guess. But, um, but it, it's a, it's. I don't know. It's scary.
1: <laughs> it is. It is indeed scary. I mean, I started my show in May of 2020, right after the war started, as you described it, and I did so because I was horrified. I was I was really really concerned about the tra- trajectory of the nation. I thought that it ultimately would. I mean, it would create everything we're dealing with now: inflation and and uh, civil unrest yeah. and and potential for starvation and and shortages of goods and probably war and um, you know the the list goes on and on. Do you have you given any thought into like who who what where why this psyop began? I mean, I I, I know it's kind of unfair to call it a psyop. I'm leading the the witness here, but what do you think?
2: <laughs> no, I like how you're leading me. <laughs> um, I. I mentioned that I unplugged from TV because I have taken myself out of observing the ad work. So I don't necessarily even know like the Gillette ad that you were critiquing that type of thing. Um, mm-hmm. But I am surprised, like the only kind of television I watch anymore, I'll watch UFC fights and I'll see a few ads here and there. And they're just like absurd, you know, and they know it's like, they're advertising with ESPN. That's a mostly a male dominated demographic. I would assume they would know that analytically. Of so, uh, so it's strange. What what was your question though? What was your question? Oh, I was just saying,
1: that? I was saying the 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 more broad psyop, you know, the kind of the cultural decline and, and decay that we're experiencing paired with the lockdowns, which is a brand new thing that should have never happened and has never happened before, oh, especially on a global were, scale.
2: Were they a brand new thing or were they just a brand new thing to the West? Because I have a new theory that all along we were led to believe, oh, China is so repressive, they don't have their citizens on the web because they want to control them, dominate them, not let them have inf- access to information so they can rewrite the narrative, blah, 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 which is all probably true, but it's probably not the greatest, uh, the greatest reason that they do it. And I think they did it so that Chinese people could not warned the West, could not tell us, couldn't, we couldn't observe conversations and be like, oh, what is this about lockdowns and, um, you know, health passports? And because remember, they're a, they're a great social experiment all their own about a government that was able to take control of, of you know, billions of people there. They're-
1: yeah, 1.3 billion. Yeah.
2: Okay. Well, I'm glad you know that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that's so many people to take control of, and they, and they did it so systematically, and it took a long time. And I think that they're trying to push us over that edge into that. So I'm sure the fact that um, lockdowns and this whole process of scientificating, you know, scientifically justifying lockdowns and, you know, the anti-science of what they are, That's just something that seems suspicious that perhaps maybe Chinese people weren't allowed, the Chinese citizens weren't allowed by the CCP to do this because there was um, potentially some idea that they wanted to unify, at least government control over their people, maybe not a unified world government, but perhaps uh, emulating that.
1: I'll, I'll go even more conspiratorial because I—I mean, I, I grant you that yes, it did originate. No, it'll set
2: me at ease. Please be as conspiratorial as you want. You know, <laughs> we have no credibility anyway. You know, if you don't take—if you don't take the mainstream, I accidentally just watched this clip. Um, this—I don't know—CNBC clip or something. And like the in the intro, the setup for it was just total. Like they said something to the effect of, "Um, you know, come here for facts and st- support." support factual insights instead of, um, you know, conspiracy-based right. information. And I, I just thought that was crazy. Like, it's just, it's all priming. And imagine how many times people that have it on their house just hear, just discredit the discredit people that don't have our same narrative, just discredit it. Yeah, Like, that's well, what and, they do, the whole and, thing. And,
1: and to have it come from the station, CNN, which was probably the biggest proponent of of the russian collusion hoax as well as the lockdown oh and yeah you're mongering about covid it's like yeah i don't i don't think they, i'm gonna trust you they have you no
2: accountability else. for for that at all none it's it's concerning <laughs> it certainly woke me up all of it, all it oh was. yeah
1: you you and me both sister i, I was it's funny because i thought i was pretty red-pilled pre-lockdowns and i was like you know, I was a libertarian. I was um, you know, I never trusted any politicians. I already I already looked askance at uh, economic figures that were rolled out by the Federal Reserve and things like that. I, I was very, very skeptical of our power structures. Um, and then lockdowns happened. How, oh, wait,
2: wait. How long ago did you leave California? Just so I understand your timeline. You're in Miami now.
1: Yes. Uh, about six weeks ago. Oh, OK, so I'm and You
2: picked 39- pick the 14th floor arbitrarily or or. But that's a nice view.
1: <laughs> Stop guessing my my exact floor number. This is very very <laughs> uncanny. Uh, yeah, no, I I it's... was born and, born and raised California. I did. I had no intention of leaving for the rest of my life. I was in San Diego. It's like the greatest place ever. But uh, you know, you had your to...
2: hat reminded me of that.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly.
2: Well, I'm in, I'm in. I'm Hol- in. I'm in Hollywood, and it's not uh, improving by any means. But mostly, people are just sort of ignoring most of these things, just kind of going with it, and the city doesn't really care if there's violations of it, because it's all um, a way to just, I think, just prime us mentally for the idea of vaccine passports because of the central control that offers the government. So they instituted just yesterday, or maybe the day before, um, vaccine mandates in uh, West Hollywood, and uh, well, I guess Los Angeles overall. So I had to yeah. leave a restaurant. I've left two restaurants because they asked for um, proof of vaccines. Why and it's so? not that anything's going to happen to people, because I, I feel like it's a setup to just fake it and go along with it. And just for people like you and I to just be like, well, we don't want to deal with the inconvenience of not being permitted to go have dinner with our friends. So we'll just fake something on paper and go with it. But, but all of that is just it, once you start seeing how things um, are all poising for the next reaction so they can justify what they really want to do. But then then they have this narrative support um, that ushers in justification and, and leading logic. And people think they came up with these ideas. They're like, well, if we should, you know, digitize them or make sure that they're, you know, there's some sort of consequences for when people risk our, our health and You know, even Gene. I just saw some headline before we popped on. um, Gene Simmons say that you know you're an enemy of the people if you don't want to get vaccinated and all all these absurd things. And um, I was just really surprised about somebody like um, um, what's his name um, with the curly hair, the guy that did all the shock radio in the '90s. That guy. Oh, Howard Stern. Yeah. Howard Stern. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Um, I was surprised by Howard Stern because he was such a contrarian for so long, you would think he would at least be neutral to the issue. But no, he's just like, how dare you inconvenience me? And so they he thinks that all this is going is being this inconvenience is sustained only because you and I don't want to get vaccinated.
1: Right. Well, when what, really, what,
2: it's not a, it's not an anti-vax position. It's anti-government coercion.
1: Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it, what what's fascinating to me is yeah. like if if it were the case that. Everyone who got the vaccine could not spread it, could not get it. I could understand the argument. I mean, it's I still wouldn't agree with it because it would still be coercive and against my principles. But I could understand the argument in the current, you know, actual reality of what we're dealing with. That's not the case, and yet people like Howard Stern and others still continue to blame the continuation of the pandemic on the unvaccinated. And it's just, I mean, it's detached from reality. It's really remarkable. I saw that the uh, there was enormous protests in LA. Yeah, it's not. Uh, There was an enormous protest in L.A. with thousands of people. Were you were you surprised to see that? Because I sure was.
2: Uh, How recently I was doing some there in the uh, lockdown when the lockdowns just going to anti lockdown protests.
1: This was a week ago because of the vaccine mandates.
2: Oh, okay. Well, remember, I'm unplugged from uh, unless it like hits some sort of Twitter headline or it's, you know, those sorts of things. Um, and remember, mainstream media doesn't want to promote these things because they don't want to justify it by even mentioning it. So unless True. they're going to demonize that, I might have missed—I missed that. So
1: yeah, no, it, it just gave me—it gave me a lot of hope because I—I uh, had—I had believed that basically everybody or the vast majority of people that valued bodily autonomy and, and medical privacy had already fled L.A. Um, yeah, well, and that's never.
2: Well, and as you know, having been a Californian, you know that Northern California is very conservative. Central California is conservative. It's just these big cities, Silicon Valley, and of course, you know, SoCal, that type of, those types of uh, places. But um, there's a a lot of conservative-minded people, or at least people that don't support these ultra-progressive ideas. So, and they're not going to leave, they have farms, they're not going to leave, they have families, they have family homes. I mean- this idea that we can balkanize this completely is just not—it's um, not feasible without leaving at least thirty percent of your people to what go have to stay with you know these people that you disagree with so much. I mean, and you can't—I don't know—I don't know what they're going to do about that because so much of Cal—it's—it's it's just that there's so many people in California. It just seems like it's such a crazy liberal, um, oh yeah, operating no, I, place.
1: Believe me, I—I I, I have to defend my my home state often because you know when i told people i was moving from california to florida they got concerned they're like don't bring your politics with you and it's like bro i'm way i'm way more freedom minded and radical than any Mm -hmm. of you motherfuckers are so don't don't
2: get it well and that's kind of that's interesting i don't know how it is you got that position or um what brought you to libertarian ideals having lived in california i'm not as especially San Diego. I mean, other than the fact that it's such a, a military-based um, community, so you have that influence in there. Yeah. Um, no, I, I. how, was, did, you, how, my, my how dad did you come was, to be libertarian?
1: Yeah, my, my dad was an entrepreneur and, uh, and a libertarian from the 70s, and he had me in the 80s, so I got indoctrinated into it very young. And then after the War on Terror, um, I dove into the Ron Paul uh, you know, movement and, and really got red-pilled further from there. And then the lockdowns happened and then I became an ANCAP. So, uh, you know, Dave Smith, Michael mm-hmm. Malice, all these people inspired me to, to keep going down the path, so to speak. And um, that's, that's how I got here. But I, I was basically a libertarian since birth. It's very, very rare. Hey, this is
3: Isaac Morehouse here, the CEO of Crash.co. If you're listening to Liberty Lockdown, congratulations. You're fucking awake. That's good. <laughs> I love it. That also means you're the type of person that cares about autonomy. And freedom. And freedom is not just a abstract philosophical concept. It's not just some political theory. Freedom is how you actually live and engage with the world on a day-to-day basis. When the rubber meets the road, are you freer today than you were yesterday? Now there's a lot of stuff that's outside of your control. There's a lot of aspects of freedom you can't control. But one that you can control is your career. Your career, if you're on the job hunt actively, or if you're just looking for how to parlay your skills, into more opportunities to be an entrepreneur, to work for a a great startup, whatever it might be, go to crash.co, sign up for free to the Daily Job Hunt newsletter. You get absolutely awesome information and inspiration in your inbox every day and a bunch of free member benefits. You get access to career guides, a custom video pitch builder to showcase your skills, and a lot more. Go to crash.co, check it out, sign up for free, and keep listening. The Liberty Lockdown.
2: Yeah, well, shout out to your dad.
3: I know, for right? Instilling
2: those principles. Um, I was uh, told a lot of things. I'm, I'm from Kansas, originally lived there for you know, 20 years before I ventured to Los Angeles and, and began working in entertainment. And um, while they were all instilled in me to, to pull back when I needed them, you know, that's the importance of regardless of what's your child's going to do when they, you know, they say they grow up or, or whatever your own, even um, personal proclivities are and your ideas about politics. It's important. It's important to give these balanced explanations to kids about why the world is the way it is, or other people in defense of other people's ideas and what their other side of the argument is. Mm -hmm. Um, Because a lot of the things that activated me were sleep beliefs that were sleeping in me, because all my life, they were just weren't necessary. There was mm-hmm. no attacks and assaults on these things. And, and so the war really gave me an opportunity to pull from everything that was buried inside of me, belief wise, or observations I had made or other people's stories that I had just read, but stored in my mind that didn't affect the way I voted or didn't ex- uh, affect my uh, political opinion. So I, th- I think all that's very important. So shout out to your dad for that.
1: Yeah, know I got I got very fortunate And then, uh, you know, my mom and my stepdad who also raised me, they also had, you know, more, I don't know, centrist political opinions. They weren't radical one way or the other. So I had basically three parents that were teaching me to to think critically and to not jump to conclusions about stuff. And most importantly, don't trust the government on face value. And that, I think Mm -hmm. like, that's the key to getting red pilled. As long as you just don't trust everything that you receive at face value, you're on the path to starting to uh, discover the
3: truth. And this is.
2: This is just critical thinking, which is crazy, and that's why so many uh, classical liberals like myself um, are so politically homeless right now, or at least the Overton window moves so far to the left that there isn't anywhere for us to go. And I think it's a good thing for the right, for the tent to be so wide and and, and engulf so many people that are just, um, they're just non-woke, they're just not woke, and they're not going to go along with, they're not going to outsource their thinking. So it's a real, op- it's a real opportunity. Um, I didn't know enough about libertarians or even all the pockets within uh, conservative ideas in America. Uh, I didn't know much about that. You know, you yeah. don't, nothing shines a light on the diversity of thought on all the, uh, it's just been ideologically really enlightening just the rate of speed that i have to take in information people's opinions um you mentioned uh, high-profile libertarians um that are giving much more sophistication to the ideas that are libertarianism is so beautiful right but we what it, i mean there's only been like really like ron paul that got the national attention and that was you know we were kids when you know that happened so right or at least teeny you know. Um, but, uh, it is nice to see those things getting represented and also the decentralization of media and information to not have to go through the central ranks of dissemination has been a great thing.
1: Oh, it's huge. I'll never go back
2: to regular media. I mean, why would I?
1: No, no, me either. I I mean, I think that that's, that's probably the biggest white pull I've had over the past year and a half, or even the past couple of decades is that as the internet has given us decentralized entertainment and information and news and all these things. um, And now it's giving us decentralized currency that we have, we have an opportunity to basically innovate our way into kind of an anarchist uh, worldview. And, and I never thought that to be possible uh, until recently. So uh, at the same time though, we have this Leviathan, the, the, the biggest government in the history of mankind that is doing everything in its power to scramble and kind of, you know, as as we slip through their fingers, they keep catching us and like tightening their fists. And uh, I just don't know which what wins out. I mean, ultimately, I'm an optimist. If I weren't, I wouldn't be doing the show. I would just be you know, prepping yeah. and and uh, <laughs> learning how to be a better hunter or something like that. But
2: I, I think um, it's I think it's really important too, and I love that you use your platform and, and your influence. And, and you've scaled and grown rather quickly. That's that's super impressive. Your lineup for guests have been just s- slamming this week. I crazy. I um, subscribed to your channel and saw all that. So congrats <laughs> to you well, on you. that. Thank you for um, being part of it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Miami had some good news today uh, with miami coin on the bitcoin network so francis suarez shout out to him for um being such a a bitcoin decentralized finance proponent i love that he has a finance background so that he sees the perfection in the money that we're trying to get picked up i'm 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 super happy I, i like the idea that uh through this miami coin basically like bitcoin uh yields can you know potentially lower people's taxes it means that you just have to download this app on the Bitcoin network, and
1: give you, you can a participate.
2: Yeah, div- yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think that's great because it's going to attract more people to potentially move to Miami, um, make it attractive. Plus, obviously, there's no income tax in Florida, correct? Correct. Yeah, how great is that? That's, um, but that's
1: also,
2: yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but just the fact that it could be, I think something like one fifth of um, what the city of Miami generates in taxes, this offer on the table can do one fifth of that without taking it from the people and how great is that? I mean, the technological advancements just give us back so much of our freedom and our, you know, especially people that think taxation is theft anyway. Like exactly. it just it just introduces something to where then Miami doesn't have to suffer. It's not like they have to get left behind.
1: Yeah, no, I, I believe me. I'm I'm a huge uh, proponent of Bitcoin, and I and I'm very grateful that Suarez is so on the cutting edge of it. I'm just disappointed that he has not been, uh, you know, an anti-lockdown, anti-mask guy. That that breaks well, my heart.
2: Well, yeah, it's hard in the cities too. I think there's a certain amount of politics that has to be involved in that. It's hard enough to be a Republican right now because you get like, look at the assault all on full on assault onto people like, you know, Ron DeSantis. Like he has to kind of play the, play the game a little bit in that way. Um, at least him as a figure because look at the hypocrisy of people like Gavin Newsom who don't play by the rules. And so they get put on blast nationally for that.
1: No, you're absolutely right. I I just think that there is a because, because of what Suarez is doing, he's, he's attempting to become the home of Bitcoin on the planet, essentially.
2: I love seeing cities and states compete for us because, you know, we, uh, we're valuable. We're valuable, especially young, tech, innovative, forward tech-forward people. Like, I love to see this. So now it's like, oh, we've got the mayor of, of New York. Um, I forgot his name, that
1: Diplasia. new Democrat.
2: He's a Democrat still, but at least he's pro-Bitcoin, so that's, that's super promising.
1: Oh, it must yeah, be someone else should, thing because I'm sure it's not De Blasio.
2: <laughs> no, no, I forgot his name. It's unfortunate too, but
1: so what? What brought um, you to Bitcoin?
2: Well, Bitcoin for me was um, a nonviolent, productive means to channel my political frustration. Um, and if we can't end the Fed outright, like why not defund? the Fed, at least it felt like something that I, I'm a very like purpose-driven person. Um, And so even if it takes a really long time, I like the prospect that Bitcoin offers the world through money where the government is not at the center of that, because you just have to see, uh, I didn't even understand inflation really until we printed like 33% of all the money that's in circulation in the last two years. Since exactly. the war began. I mean, so then out of necessity, you learn all these things. And uh Bitcoin seemed like a solution in a lot of ways. Um, you know, and, and obviously there's so much overlap between libertarianism and the Bitcoin community, which which I love. It's, Bitcoin uh conference, having Ron Paul speak, and just in general, the fact that it's a it's a it's a global asset and even on its own it's just such the it's like the highest performing asset you can. I mean, why why wouldn't you want you some Bitcoin for that alone? But not also, not just the social implications, but like it it just has so many rewards packed into it for so many reasons. Yep. Um, but when when I learned about Bitcoin, it taught me about decentralization and the problem with in the controls of the gut. It, it just all fit together so well with my crash course and what's broken. Now that I uh, had substantiated a lot of the claims that I'd been told my whole life about. From conservatives about the slippery slope nature of progressivism. And, and if you, you know, and they were sort of absurd when I was a child, I was listening to these things. They're like, oh, if you let two men marry, well, then next they'll want to marry a rock and, you know, just dumb things like, you know, like that. So, but I couldn't, so some of that was buried in me, like I said earlier, and I just had to see it play out in the world. I knew we were really in trouble when my mayor, uh, Mayor Garcetti was turning people's water and electricity off if they were having parties during the lockdown. It's like, but that's their house. Like, you know, no. and I, I I live in a neighborhood where, you know, you're inconvenienced by other people having parties and there's nowhere to park and you know all that, but you're like, oh well, it's their house. I mean, you know, it's not that awful, right? It's just a party. Well, you certainly wouldn't go n- shut up I their guess fucking not. utilities. <laughs> Well, and I don't think anybody should ever do that except for the company that's issuing your power and water if you're not for non payment. I mean, what other reasons are there to ever do that?
1: No, I mean, it's, it's, and uh, so these aren't things I ever had to,
2: these aren't things that were happening, you know, in, in, um, Libya that I had to abstract were happening to other people's governments because a lot of times uh, as an American you're told about you know your constitutional rights and all these protections that you have and so you never really have a point you're just like oh well, I'm so grateful to be born in America and you just sort of move forward not realizing uh, all these things can in fact come to you and so that's been particularly enlightening and maybe yeah. more empathetic yeah. of the plight of the world and I wish I had listened more because yeah. we had fault. We had a false sense of security that we had all these protections. I you think, know?
1: I think what you're describing is kind of just a, a sense of appreciation for what we had and what we're losing. And, and, you know, I, I completely agree with you. I, I took, I yeah. took for granted the, the liberty I had. Um, I think that the reason I've rededicated my life towards yeah. this cause is simply because I, I realized how fleeting it was and how rapidly it could could get away from us. So I'm, do you think that uh, that there's a hope of, of political salvation? Speaking uh, Dave... of
2: that, happy oh. Veterans Day. I don't know when you're going to release this, but it's Veterans Day today. So,
1: Oh, nice. Yeah, I'll try and get out tonight. Do you think that there's a, a political solution to what ails us? Do you think, I mean, obviously I'm a big proponent of Dave Smith running for president, but I, ultimately I don't think he's going to win. However... Mm-hmm. You know, I would I would love to be proven wrong. Um, do you think that there are political solutions, or ultimately, is it just about decentralization and using these technologies to kind of protect ourselves as the, the Leviathan falls?
2: I one thing I get buzzed often enough um, by individualists and libertarians, with which I identify in both camps right now, uh, but they don't appreciate the fact that people in in people like me will want to use Republicans as some way of pushing back fighting fire with fire like I do get the idea that we also don't want this you know a uh, hypothetical fascistic uh, government far to the right that invades people's liberties either like I, I don't want either but I don't I don't sense that at all from Republicans right now like they're just kind of like, you know what does Tim Pool call them? Speed bumps to the left. Like what are Republicans but speed bumps? You know, yeah, Republicans are. are are conservatives are just liberals driving the speed limit. I mean they're they're just barriers. I mean conservatism, as an idea, is nice, but it's just really slow in a fast paced moving world. And so what do we do about the de- so? I understand libertarians want to get at the heart of the problem and have these individual rights and just not grow government, but we're in this position now. And so right now we have to um, solve the problems we have and push back how we can. And what is that? Well, that's the only political tool we have is Republicans that could possibly push back on this. And it's not that they're all perfect and they do dumb things and vote for dumb bills. You know, they go to the Senate and they don't have any kind of like conservative nature to their fiscal spending. It's it's absurd. Right. Um, but is there political solutions? Well, sure. But of course I'm, I'm kind of, cause remember I'm still developing my ideas on all these things. I joined the conversation and through my um, media reach behind it out of a, a, an utter like uh, terror of what's unfolding around me, especially living in LA. So I, you know, I'm in the beta testing of all these terrible policies that are coming to a town near you. So well, um, let me- I didn't, I didn't want to block myself and shield myself from feeling that I feel like running or moving away to a large degree I haven't decided if that's productive or if it's just to like I think there's some something really smart about physically being around the people that share your beliefs at least enough of the core values, and that's never been a concern that I had to think about in my entire life. Mm -hmm. Um, So I understand why you, why you moved I really do. Yeah. I'm I'm watching the boats go by on the, on the marina behind you. I love it.
1: Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, Yeah. No, well, let me make you feel better. I I'm one of the libertarians that does not look down upon people that look towards the GOP for, for, you know, solutions in this time. I, I think that it, it's totally reasonable to say this situation is so dire. The only other group that has political power that might buy me, buy me some time is the RNC. Um, You know, I, I'm not opposed to using the RNC. Obviously I supported Ron Paul when he ran in 08 as a Republican. So like, it makes perfect Mm -hmm. sense to me. If it's, it's all about the people that are actually um, being entrusted with this power. And unfortunately the GOP largely has relied on some pretty bad people. To I don't uh, think
2: we need to make new laws that entrap anything in the future. But I mean, the fact that they have to specify with legislation to be like, hey, um, you're not going to force people to get shots. I mean, this is like it's crazy. World War II era stuff we already covered. Like, we've already been here. We're supposed to be the good guys in the plot line where we go liberate nations where these types of things are happening to people. And the free world, The you know, it's not even the free world anymore. I call it the, uh, you know, the world formerly known as free.
3: Mm. You're right.
2: That's how endangered it is. So why wouldn't I want to weaponize Republicans? And it doesn't mean I'm going to turn into some, you know, a fascistic ideologue that <laughs> wants to, you know. And there, I get caught in conversations because really I'm learning through my conversations. I truly love to talk to people on Twitter and and just throw ideas out there. And I've learned from replies I've gotten or or considerations that I don't necessarily um, wouldn't have considered otherwise without other people's input. So I'm just sort of like publicly learning and and joining in the conversation. Um, that's
1: beautiful. I wish more people And there has
2: to be more people that aren't experts. I mean, I'm not an expert. I don't have a book I'm trying to promote. I don't have a a channel I'm trying to pump. I'm just a part of the conversation. And I'm trying to model the fact that you can be a public figure. That's not an expert in these zones, but like people are just recoiling so much, you know, they're, they just want to take care of their own families. And to a degree, I understand that, but there has to be people that aren't willing to just be silent and let whatever happen to them. Like everything's at stake. Yes. Like I sit and wonder now, is it, is it uh, a a world that I want to bring children into? And obviously like that can get defeated. uh, And that isn't the way to go. And so having conversation with people who sometimes um, correct my course, I mean, and that's the mood boost lifting up of uh, you know the white pill that we have to give to each other
3: yeah is just no, a I,
2: reminder you know, that it's okay
1: I think it's super important that you know even though the red pill can be very enlightening but it can also be very depressing and if you don't yeah. if you if you can't find optimism and hope in this but you are you're seeing all these new truths and stuff as as you said you're learning as you go for the record so am i like uh, the main reason i i love what i do so much is because i get to talk to people that have expertise in areas that i'm not an expert in like my expertise is very narrow i am a economic finance guy who managed a lot of money and that's that's what i know um, mm. but i and i also have a background of libertarianism for my entire life so i know a little bit about that obviously and but then I get to have on yourself and Dave Rubin and, and Zuby and all these other like incredible, incredible people that, that I get to learn from. And I I just, I wish that there was this, uh, a thirst for knowledge and, and less, I, you know, ideological, um, I don't know, stagnation. I,
2: I think what, um, there, there's an unconscious duty that a lot of us are answering this call of action to once you realize the media is so biased and that voices are suppressed in such a degree like it was a part of just the fact that I'm a fair person that when the right was crying about these injustices done to them and you know uh imbalances in the way that um not just media coverage but you know election integrity and the way that they they just screamed about these things and uh, the fair person in me was like well maybe I want to listen to that because these are Americans like I wasn't Ever raised to believe that these were bad people, that conservatives were innately, you know, bad or something, or my enemies. Sure. Uh, so when they were crying about these injustices, I answered that because why would I not want them to be okay and heard too? So then it was like, well, I need to join this cause to balance out any type of, you know, I was just making pictures, I was just doing my thing, I was um, pursuing like combat sports media at the time, so I really just talked about UFC and then shot sexy pictures. Like I didn't have any type of inclination towards these, uh, political conversations or a, a need to have you know decentralized finance and the things that are, I think our life rafts.
0: So
1: yeah. that's fascinating. What, a, what an awesome arc. Uh, like it's very, I mean, you're, you're in a very unique and special position and it takes a special type of person to be willing to, to take this ride because it sounds as if you kind of went into it without any, uh, you know, intention of actually ending up here.
2: No. Well, my, uh, commitment is to the truth. It's not to, uh, ease of the ride that I'm on. Like my commitment is to represent the truth and honor the truth with whatever I have to put behind it. And I am never going to change that. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: So there was no, there was no other way for, there was just no other way for me forward. Once it, um, I I say that people are going to wake up when it inconveniences them, inconveniences them enough they'll take these personal uh, invitations to take the red pill yep. and uh, it just knocked at my door. Why would I waste that opportunity? I wasn't, all I valued my whole life was my freedom. And I didn't really know that. I mean, my, all my life choices really showed me that that was what I valued, but I hadn't needed to think about it. I just did those actions because I was free to do them, you know, mm-hmm. move to LA Hollywood and, and um, you know, started posing in in naked magazines and stuff at the you know my conservative family like didn't talk to me for a while like it wasn't there was no there was nothing about me that was a conformist and i didn't trust or um take anybody's but i have nobody else to have to share that you know the i don't know what to call it other than glory with but like i earned my way forward and so i well, well, I was just used to having unpopular opinions. I just didn't have to defend them every day with every freaking thing that, you know, you know everything is political now. Like everything is some virtue signal or um, badge of declaration as to what side you belong on politically. Yeah. And uh, you know what, when I was on the left, I didn't realize how unconsciously I signaled all that stuff all the time. I mean, even talking about like, I'll look at my Playboy Centerfold from uh, South Africa, in 2014, and I, I'm just like so embarrassed about what I answered in my like uh, my uh, uh, interview questions and stuff. It was like my heroes or like things that I was, you know, biggest turnoffs and biggest turn ons, and just just you know trifling little you know whatever's. But I feel like I'm such a different person just even from then. But when I was um, a normie on the left. Um, I didn't realize how everything out of my mouth was political. It took that entire detoxing of of all of this to realize like those people are not, it's not that they're not rescuable, recoverable. They just haven't had that personal invitation that's going to inconvenience them enough to be mad about these things yet, especially because that's why the government paying them off with tax dollars and doing everything they were doing and and absorbing one, you know, intersectionality, absorbing one you know um group of people at a time and trying to pull them desperately into the fold and just to weaponize against the you know awful white supremacists or whatever i'm half Lebanese how can i be a white supremacist i don't know but they'll still call you it well oh well, yeah that hasn't <laughs> happened yet i don't think oh but i do get accused of all the time just being able to pander to uh right wing men which i even on the left even when i was on the left i was very um drawn to men that had right of center positions. And and nobody ever asked me in all those years, and I never asked myself, hey, why if you're drawn to these people, do you not share these political beliefs? Why do you view these people as, uh, you know, the trustworthy provider types that are responsible, that would make good life partners that are pro-family? Like, why do you not identify that way if that's what you, because that's such an important position, I think, that you give another person as somebody that, you, that you're that you dating with, right? Like somebody you might marry.
1: Hugely important.
2: So why would I... I just wish somebody would have asked me that and it would have been worth knowing my answer at the time. Mm-hmm. If I yeah. valued and was attracted to that, yet I said that I didn't share that. I, you know what? It was that I didn't believe that um, you used to be able to be a Democrat and love your country and support soldiers, and you could be a Democrat and you know, fly a flag at your house, and that wasn't signaling anything nefarious. You used to be able to, you know, not demonize your neighbor and have those political differences and it not mean any kind of anything, but it's just not that way anymore.
1: No, it's changed dramatically, you're absolutely right, and it's it's remarkable because they always pretend as if it's shifted like if you talk to someone on the left they'll say oh the media is all biased towards the right wing it's it's totally madness but what i i wanted to bring up a part of what you said that i absolutely loved is that you started to look at the the complaints of people on the right wing and you said well these are my fellow americans i'd like to hear their complaints and and i i actually have a gripe with many people in the libertarian movement right now is that i i have the same Issue when it comes to people on the left and, and the Black Lives Matter movement is like, this is, especially for libertarians who are on the front lines of, of uh, criminal justice reform and ending and qualified immunity and all these other things. And it's like, I, I understand the critiques of Black Lives Matter, the organization, but the movement itself and the fact that police have brutalized Black men uh, in a disproportionate manner, um, it's like, why can't we talk about this? And, and there, is, there is a bit of ideological rigidity when it comes to the libertarians as well which is concerning um and it goes the other way too then you have some that are like that believe that that has Russia- to
2: do that that has to do with the agenda co-opting you know these minority groups that just get used and pulled in and they think in short-term gains they're like well if this government is going to recognize um our you know the plight of our situation w- you know Regardless of our analysis of that the, uh, the idea is is that they'll just play along with this for the short term gains and that's why you know Antifa's out there with Black Lives Matter and it, it, they just see it as a team sport but like why if, if you're uh, antifa is such a weird thing to me because I, actually I've been trying to understand anarchists like the idea of being, a self-sovereign that doesn't have overlords. Well, that kind of makes sense to me as somebody that, you know, that's pretty intuitive that people want to be free. It is peculiar that there's nowhere in the world you can go and not be governed. (laughs) And then when you think about like, okay, well, maybe we did that with Native Americans to recognize their sovereignty, but then, you know, they just turned into these, uh, you know, places you, they, they didn't even want to be really right well
1: yeah um, i mean
2: it, so would if the government did make some autonomous zone would it be, a would ghetto it be good? and we be like yeah
1: well yeah, yeah. i mean but and that-
2: an, but, an, but as far as like anarchists advancing a glow like a, a the state into this machine that can't possibly do anything except turn on you like why would they want to do that why would mm-hmm. they want to build a state to be bigger than it is when they're anti status? like i i just don't
1: although no antifa is not anti-state at all so yeah (laughs) well but that's
2: i don't know maybe it was because my introduction to anarchism was right-wing anarchy maybe that was ideologically just a complicating factor like trying to understand how you can be a communist and be identify as an anarchist is just bizarre
1: (laughs) you and me both sister i don't get it at all Uh, If you don't believe in property rights, I don't I don't understand how anarchy will ever work out, uh, which is why I consider myself an ANCAP. But uh, your point stands. I mean, and and there's these are all reasonable questions. I, I, you know, I I don't have an answer as to what an anarchist society would look like. It's it's pretty unknowable. I mean, there there have been. Um, examples historically, uh, I, Iceland, I believe, is the one that had a couple thousand year run that people talk about all the time. And it's like, okay, well, that's fascinating. I need, I need to research it more. But ultimately, it's kind of, um, it's too in the philosoph- philosophical realm at this point. I mean, we are, we are functioning under the biggest government in the history of the world. Uh, and so- they're just
2: gaining, they're gaining steam with that at a speed that should concern everybody. Yes. Like even people like I was, you know, I regrettably voted for Barack Obama twice. Like that's how liberal I was. I mean, my whole life. Um, But even I was pulled out of my mainstream slumber. I just wanted to make art and be left alone. And I liked, you know. I never it, when when Obama was like, oh, everybody's got to get uh, health care. I was like, well, I voted for the dude and I would like health care, but I'm not going to do that because like being in gig economy, there are certain calculations you make about, you know, being in your 20s. Like, I didn't feel like I needed it wasn't my priority. I just go to like a walk in healthcare care clinic and give them one hundred dollars if I need an antibiotic for, you know, some sickness or whatever. Like right. I didn't I didn't want to participate in that. So the freedom that I always had made it to where I thought that I could have these uh, beliefs, but then I could disregard them at will, you know, I can a la carte Mm. these beliefs. And, uh, (laughs) but now like, I don't understand why people can't like look into the the fact that they're empowering a government to where they can't even, they don't understand the surveillance state at all, which is another reason going back to why I think um, the CCP doesn't allow their people on the internet to dis you know, disseminate the ideas and all all the ways that they were captured. Uh, with credit score system because nobody's warning them and why that has to be cooperative you know
1: mm-hmm. no it's it's very <laughs> they we have the to not like
2: um, americans have to not know the path that the ccp captured their citizens for us to not be able to see it coming but for me mm-hmm. it's very it's very obvious I'll no, cram too. information. I'll cram information so much. I mean, just unplugging unplugging from, you know, and we were under such a lot. We were in lockdown for so long here in LA, as you remember. Um, and my world stopped because I had a gig economy freelance type of job, you know, work and working in film production and all of that came to a you know, screeching halt and Um, There wasn't live event, even USC doing the um, sports media stuff, like everything was on hold or they only could operate in Florida or, you know, in the Middle East. So my participation (laughs) came to a screeching halt with that, just because there wasn't anything local happening anymore.
1: What were you doing for the UFC? I didn't know that you were working for them.
2: It was not necessarily just specifically the UFC, but MMA, like there's a lot of smaller promotions. So um, Mm. I did like, you know, ringside um, boxing for Oscar de la Hoya. Um, Oh, nice. But at photography, photography, I was shooting fighters, not boxing myself. That's absurd. Um, look at this face. Imagine hitting it. Like no. <laughs>
1: well, I'm I'm not gonna lie. Looking at your face, it's kind of hard to imagine you behind the camera and not in front of it. What inspired you to go that route?
2: Um. Well, I realized my access, just being a public figure that engaged so much. Um, I've I've just loved UFC for a really long time and mixed martial arts and um, boxing. I just loved it so much, and I look, I would just engage it so much online and then mm. watch it all the time and then go to the events, and it turned into something that was just rather social, that type of influence in my life. Yeah. Um, and valuable, right, in uh, mutual exchanges. And so then I was just like, well, I have this amazing network and access to all these amazing mm. fighters and personalities and these invites to go be media. Like, I, I just decided based on the opportunities that I had that maybe, hey, maybe um, I should pick up a camera and make this something where I could carry my weight and continue these um, overlaps in a way. Yeah. Uh, and then also I, had, I knew all these models. So it was, it was half between just gains I had made in my modeling career and access to people that I just, there were these opportunities. I had access, but nothing to really offer or fit in or you know, jump in the jump rope of their production. So I just decided, well, why not? But I, what I wanted to do um, was be um, like do be a film director because I love country music videos. Random, right? But they were just from my background in photography, well, in modeling too, just production in general. They were like these doable little short storylines, and I could see how to get from the production that I was doing to that. And so I wanted to do that, and I decided to learn stills photography on the on the path of learning to to um, shoot film well you know video
1: well you you sound like yeah. a a true liberal because you're just I love I love all how over you're, the place right yeah yeah exactly I love I love how you know what that is that's
2: trait openness yes that's trait that's, openness
1: that's what it is you're absolutely right yeah. and I, I don't Yeah, think so I,
2: that so when I say I value freedom like I never put security first forward I never I never Planned before I jumped, you know, I was not that person. And there's, there really is no safety and security in anything. People can, people can plan, but you don't ever know what's going to come up. And I wanted to be happy, but I really didn't want to prioritize being happy. That's silly. Like I liked freedom. I wanted to be free to experience and, you know, turn over every rock and fear figure out what this is about and and then just walk away from it when it was when it had served its purpose to me because there's a flow to life and i didn't want to miss that you know river ride
1: oh that's beautiful what, what a way to say it the, well, be- the best it's, i'm sure there are more
2: men. there there are more um uh logistically firm planners that are listening to this and they're like, oh my God, I could never sleep at night if I live my life like her with no with no direction and no pre-planning. And and that's fair too because there are consequences to being that way. But you ask me how I wound up here, how I wound up in Bitcoin. It's that it's that freedom to you know ride a raft down the river and see where life takes you to a large degree. And it's also faith in myself because um, I've always been independent, I've always been financially um Independent, but uh, in solitude was the idea that came. like I've always just been by myself. So it, it all of uh, the poising was there mentally for me to call these lockdowns what they are. And then when you start to study where it's pointed in the direction that, you know, with the with the baseline understanding that all government always seeks to expand its power. That's all it does. It just grows. Mm-hmm. That's all it wants to do is grow, and then uh, then everything started making sense, and it was like, oh, these people that had these school choice issues all along. Well, now I can see like I can see how all the pieces fit together, and it's just like it, big government is just terrifying because <laughs> I value my freedom because I always never I didn't even want to be accountable to a boss, so I never had one. Not I'm since college,
1: I'm a serial entrepreneur <laughs> because I, I I refuse to have a boss. I did not want people telling me what to do, and I, I think it's it's fascinating because our. Our paths are so similar, and I think this is why I started a show called Liberty Lockdown. is because I was so fucking pissed that me, a financially free entrepreneur who didn't have a Ooh. boss, whose life was just beautiful, I they could do whatever I, want, whatever I wanted. They got me. They, they got know, me. Oh, you
2: think you're sovereign? Oh, and yep. you savers think that you've been covering your bases all these years. Oh, well, wait, we'll just inflate your money away. We don't have to actually confiscate it. We'll just delu- We'll just take a third of it and light it on fire in two years of printing money. And what are you going to do about it? You can't even audit the Fed. You know, like <laughs> by, that's by just <laughs> how, so when I realized how the politicians and leaders were speaking to me and insulting my intelligence or like this whole idea that, you know, inflation's not real. And then, oh, the inflation is uh, transitory. And then, you know, oh, inflation is actually good. You know, it's like, it's <laughs> hilarious. The stories that these, that these, uh, you find financial TV will put on and, and spin these stories that they're just another, they're just a, a, they're just a guard dog extension of, you know, the Democratic Party and and the ruling elites. They're just covering, they're just trying to make some sort of intellectual sense out of what's happening and justify it when really like. I can see the, the set off in the chain of commitment. Once you know where they're headed with the idea that all government seeks to always grow and expand itself, then all these things make perfect sense. It's all, they're, they just all lead and link together in a way that makes a lot of sense.
1: Yeah, it's, it, all of your questions kind of get clarified or, or the, the, the path becomes much more evident once you start to just have that one premise that the government is looking to grow its power. And, and they don't yeah, care. Yeah, when you
2: know that they don't want you, they deeply don't believe in personal property rights, and in fact, they want a world where the government just issues out equal, like, why would anybody, why would there be any kind of high performance and taking accountability for your own life? Like, why would any, oh, well, these people don't actually believe in meritocracy, and, mm-hmm. you know, meritocracy saved my life and got me out of my hometown. I was statistically not supposed to have done anything that I've you know done and 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 so it's just so insulting to my intelligence that uh they think that they can cover for themselves in every like all the policies it, it it's just ridiculous it's such an assault on truth all of it
1: it is and this this is why I was so thrilled when the World Economic Forum came out and said you'll own nothing and you'll be happy you'll
2: be happy I because was like, we will have squashed all dissent because you will all tattle on each other and your neighbors, if you hear them with these sentiments, and we're going to use Patriot Act, we're going to demonize them. We're going to have fed operations to set up stings just to make the right look bad. Just so we we can uh, set up all this justifications for why you don't need your freedoms. Freedoms are just for people that want to abuse, you know, the rights that they actually owe the collective. Like, that's the narrative. Ooh,
1: you took you took the whole bottle of Red Pills, Jessica.
2: Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Never that black pill though, you know. No,
1: no, no, no. Well, that, that's no, a good. Oh, it's
2: kind of dark, and I think that's why I like the productivity of Bitcoin and the productivity of engaging in the conversations, like just even doing your shows, that type of thing. It 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 makes me um, reminded that the duty I have to not succumb to the nihilism that comes with the red pill, because you have to really be prepared. Yep. Well, or you have to really check your. You have to like have that. Yeah, you, know, you have to care for yourself enough every day not to succumb to the nihilism
1: i couldn't agree more i mean i like part of taking the red pill as far as i'm concerned should be a meditation and yoga practice like like Mm. you need you need to be caring for yourself uh mentally emotionally physically if you're going to tackle this truth on your own because it is a lonely experience i mean it's getting less lonely especially with our platforms we get to talk to so many like-minded people that get to make us feel less crazy. But when you first take that red pill and your entire network is not red pilled you're like, Holy shit. I just lost, you know, everybody basically in my life or a huge percentage of it. And it's, I it, mean, Oh you don't- yeah.
2: Well, and remember I had designed my life in Hollywood. Like I live in a, in a house, one of those real world houses and like right under the Hollywood sign in, in right. Hollywood Hills. And at the time, like everybody was a liberal in my house. And so I'm, you know, I'm, flaming mad going up there getting in these fights with people about you know just what's going on and the sinister (laughs) nature of all of it and uh, my house is balanced out now some which i am proud to say so (laughs) um yeah i do my um housemates sell gold professionally so we get to have all those fun conversations you know about which are better hedges against inflation and um just insights about like how what's working as far as marketing and you know um, as far as sound money goes and the approaches and the books they read in order to, you know, question-based selling and stuff. Like it's been fun, even though I'm a Bitcoin person. And, you know, they're a couple years younger than me and they sell gold. They they have all this beautiful argument built as to why you want to buy, why you want to buy gold. And a lot of it is all the same reasons as to why you want to buy Bitcoin. And it's complimentary. they and they own crypto of course, but they, advocate. But
1: they sell gold. gold. Yeah,
2: yeah, but well, it's, but it's, but I mean, it's like, I don't really care as long as you're not holding US dollars. Like this idea has to be gold or Bitcoin is sort of silly, um even though it is at the center of the comp. They think that it's the center of competition for um, where you're going to store your asset, you know, invest in your assets. um But they're they're different things. And I like the fact that Bitcoin is a, a monetary system that can provide that Um, competition, because I don't want to give my money to people that want to support, I don't want to fund my own prison anymore. And that's what we're doing. Every time we buy off Amazon and send to these, you know, go to these um, people with their corporate alignment that fund all the politicians that won't regulate them, you know, that fund cycle. Uh, So Bitcoin offers me that like economic hope that it's like once you know, when I'm naughty and they want to unplug me from the financial system and because I have bad opinions and ideas, you know, Bitcoin is an opportunity that I have to engage in, you know, economic exchanges and meet my needs. And people think people think so short term that they think the government wouldn't do that. But if they thought two years back, they wouldn't think the government would keep you from going to work and that these people would intentionally break the economy. They intentionally broke the economy on purpose. Uh,
1: Absolutely, could not because they want government dependency. Yep, they sure do. And uh, well, let's get you out of here on this. I I wanted to. I mean, you've talked, we've talked quite a bit about not taking the black pill and and staying optimistic. What does what does America, what does the world look like by the next election? I I hate to put it in the in the timeline of an election, but I'm curious. Do you think that that we have? You know, I'm very concerned about an economic collapse and and hyperinflation. Um, what do you, what do you see coming?
2: Oh, uh, well, more assault. So, I'm, i these mandates are going to get tied up in court as far as making everybody, um, you know, take shots that they don't want and, and the ridiculous nature of all of that, but they want more people unemployed and more people extremely vulnerable economically, um, if we are making our money in our homes online, of course, at any moment they have that nuke button they can hit and cut off your income stream. There, so this whole of security, I think that obviously we're playing their game a little bit uh, for us to move to an electronically monitored system because they'd rather that than you and I out there in the real world collecting cash, doing things where you know every transaction isn't accountable for.
1: Oh, for sure. Um, for sure.
2: It's hilarious the whole idea that they're like, oh billionaires and these tax dodgers or whatever It's like billionaires legally have all kinds of incentives to not pay taxes because they're doing things government doesn't want to do like you know provide housing for now. Um, <laughs> so there's all these legal ways for billionaires and millionaires to avoid paying taxes. So this whole argument about you know they want to hire all these new IRS agents and all these things is about, closing loopholes for millionaires and billionaires oh, oh it's so dumb it's a trap for the middle class and i don't know the perception the the lack of perceptive abilities of my people in my neighbors like people surrounding us like I, I just don't how disconnected do you have to be it's astonishing for to be this way so i'm concerned about a forfeiture of financial privacy before the next election um i'm concerned about from you know Fed chair installations, um, like if Jerome Powell is a is a, a Republican, like how much more dovish could the Fed get? Like it's it's terrifying, <laughs> you know. And they're talking Good about point. in the future, like the um, this lady that's not this Soviet lady that's nominated for uh, Comptroller of the um, currency. Cis- soviet lady that you know won a lenin award i mean yeah let's install somebody into that position that's going to completely redefine american banking because this the economic system that the fallen ussr followed was so uh <laughs> strong that we want to emulate that it's just absurd so i have it worked a lot out beautifully for them so yeah yeah, yeah no,
1: i i have a lot of concerns too I, and this is why i'm doing so much in terms of trying to wake people up but simultaneously preparing myself in my own life. Are are you optimistic enough that you would still want to bring children into this world? Or have you decided to hold off and, and see how things play out?
2: Yes, absolutely. Um, I think that if I don't, my life will lack a lot of meaning that it would otherwise have. And and I don't want darkness to win. And so a big part of that is to combat that nihilism by not giving up everything I want in my own life. There, there Everything is a negotiation and a forfeiture, and I'm not willing to Um, Because of the insights that I've gained from the red pill, I'm not willing to, it's just a part of taking the white pill for me like the hope is to preserve that desire for my future and um, the contributions that I could instill into somebody that's going to carry those beliefs into the future when I'm gone.
1: I think that's that's exactly how we probably win in the long term as we outreproduce these sons of bitches.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. And we also have to handle uh, public schools at the same time because um, w- what's the point of of having children if they have to go into that oh, yeah. you know communistic formu- formulating machine? I mean, why would we want to do that and pay <laughs> right. for it?
1: Well, I'm I'm so I'm concerned about having kids because I am already so fired up. Like I can't even imagine if I had another Activation little human. Points. Yeah, yeah. If, I had, if I had another little human that I, that I was living and, and breathing and dying for, I can't even imagine what I'd be capable of. So like,
0: mm-hmm. I don't
1: know, <laughs> I'm a little nervous about doing it, but I'm sure I'll, I'll take the plunge one of these days. Anyways, uh, Jessica, thank you so much for coming on. It was an absolute thrill to talk to you. You are as insightful and as brilliant as I, as I had hoped for. So thank you so much for your time.
2: Well, I would love to do it again.
1: Oh, anytime. I really, really appreciate it. I'll, uh, uh, where, where can people follow you?
2: Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Jessica Vaughn, Vaughn is spelled V-A-U-G-N. I'm sorry for that unusual <laughs> spelling, but um, yeah, I'm on all the networks at Jessica Vaughn, so please Perfect. follow me. Engage follow in her. The conversation.
1: This, this lady is, uh, is tearing the world apart with red pills, and I absolutely love watching it. Your Twitter feed is one of my favorites because it's just like s- stream of thought um, insights, and it, it always gives me something to think about, which not everyone's capable of doing, so thank you so much.
2: Thank you, appreciate
1: it Do you want to support this show? Of course you do Because you know I'm giving it my all And I really am, like full time, all the time This is what I'm committed to If you want to support me, go to libertylockdown.locals.com To become a supporting member of the show I have a special exclusive video episode that is going up I talk with someone named Dave Who is a military scientist I think is as much as I can say about it But we go deep dive on China We talk about Evergrande We talk about the potential for a deflationary collapse From Evergrande A lot of people have been messaging me Asking me for an episode on this I'm doing it But I gotta do it over at Locals So that you guys can help me support and grow the show Go to libertylockdown.locals.com To become a supporting member Coming up next week We've got Guy Swan, Bitcoin Wizard As well as Jake Shields Five time MMA champion Don't miss it (music) big shout out to everybody that's been with me since jump street appreciate y'all
0: Welcome to Liberty Lockdown, please scan your barcode Your Liberty ain't gone, but yeah, it's on hold Where did it come from and where did it go? It requires a fight, not t- from your phone Don't need a king, get him off the fucking throne If you're riding with the thought, you've always got a home The virus you're scared of will come and it'll go The government knows just don't get treated like a hoe Like Nico and Shane, you're probably wondering what's happening Scared Hollywood, lefties lyrical feppin'. A type with Luke might bring them nooses We all bite the bullet, I'm the king of the gooses Freckles and Brit, didn't know I could spit Knew I was a patriot, but not the shit the